Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Lakeland Community. I'm so glad you'd be with this morning. I hope you noticed Jamie down there banjo picking that guitar. That was awesome. All right. Good morning, everyone. So we come here on Easter Sunday. This is the holiest, most celebratory day of the Christian year. For the last seven weeks, we have been in a study of the crucifixion and the Passion Week. We have taken Alleluia out of all of our prayers and all of our songs so that we can reflect. We can reflect on how do you get to something like the cross? How do you get to a tomb? How do you get to the place where we've gotten to in life? But today we come to celebrate Easter the day when God reverses the power of all of that. So we put the hallelujahs back into all the prayers, back into all the songs, and we have this refrain that when everybody says, he is risen, you say, he is risen indeed. Very good. So we'll try it first as we, uh, first all together, and then let us begin in worship. Let us stand together. And celebrate this morning the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Amen. He is risen. Come on, that's not fair. I got second place. Second place. Second place is no place. You're off the team. That sucks. I did my best. What did you say? I said I did my best. You're nothing. You lost. You're a loser. No, you're the loser, man. Oh, I'm the loser, huh? Yeah. Now who's a loser? You know, you're really sick, man. Hey! Hey, come on! Don't you, hey! Where you Don't! Going? How does second place feel now, huh? Come on, he can't breathe! Mind your business! You're gonna kill him! Sensei, please, you're hurting him! He's sorry, okay? He really is! Boy, let him go! Yeah, this dog is right! Let him go! I say, let him go! Beat it slow, or you're next! Yeah! <laughs> you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Face it, Jafar! You're still just second best! You're right. His power does exceed my own. But not for long. <laughs> the boy is crazy. He's a little punch drunk. One too many hits with a snake. Slave! I make my third wish. I wish to be an all-powerful genie! 
All right. Your wish is my command. Way to go, Al. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen. This is the day of resurrection. This is the day when all who believe in Christ are delivered from the gloom of sin and the darkness of brokenness and are restored to grace and holiness. This is the day when Jesus Christ broke the bonds of death and hell and rose victorious from the grave. This is the day, O Lord, how wonderful and beyond our knowing, O God, that in your mercy and loving kindness to us, that to redeem a slave, you gave a son. This is the day when wickedness is put to flight and sin is washed away. Innocence is restored to the fallen and joy gifted to those who mourn. Almighty everlasting God, this resurrection morning, accept our praise and confession as we declare our hope and faith. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Alleluia. 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 This day, alleluia. He is risen. Nice shirt. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Chris. Hey, Jimmy. Chris. Sit down, please. I thought I'd... Uh wear a shirt today, um, you know, being the last day and all. Well, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. But um, wear one tomorrow, though, okay? Because tomorrow's going to be your first day. If you'd like to work here as a broker. Would you like that, Chris? Yes, sir. Good. We couldn't be happier. So, welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no, sir, it wasn't. Good luck, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, sir. Oh, Chris. I almost forgot. This part of my life 
this little part is called happiness. everyone. I do love movies and I love books and I love TV shows, you know, probably, probably too much. Um, now, any, any other movie, TV, book fan, TV show fans in here? Any, okay. If you like that sort of thing, then you know, if you start watching enough shows, you start reading enough books, uh, you get to know particular filmmakers, you get to know particular authors, and they come, become reliable to you, right? They become uh, reliably bad, for instance. Like, I don't care how good the commercial makes. As soon as I see that guy's name did it, I'm not watching it. Um, and then uh, sometimes they're reliably good, right? You don't even have to see a trailer. I'm going because I, I love everything they do. Let's go old school here. Old school. Frank Capra. Who remembers director Frank Capra? Yes. You know you watch a Frank Capra movie, you're going to get a lookout for the little guy story. And it's going to have great humor. And it's going to have really likable characters. And there's going to be this greedy rich guy who at some point tells a U.S. senator to go wait in the lobby or wait on hold on the phone until he has time to deal with him. In every movie, there's that line because evidently uh, Capra thought that... Uh, politicians are just stooges for wealthy businessmen. So if you're all into that sort of thing, you're going to love yourself a Frank Capra show. A um, little less old school, but still back there, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, I got a little fan club over here for Hitchcock. Um, you know, so some feisty gal, some feisty gal is going to go to a strange place and she's going to get in way over her head really fast when she walks past a schoolyard full of birds or tries to photograph the creepy neighbor across the alley or takes a shower in the motel room. Here's a recent storyteller I've really come to appreciate. Uh, Clint Eastwood as a director. Clint Eastwood as a director. Um, he's going to take something that really happened and he's going to show it to us with a dignity and respect for everyone involved. And if what happened was really, really horrible... He's going to keep it tasteful and not make it so intense that we can't stand to watch it. Michael Bay. <laughs> Deafening silence. Ah, he's reliable. There's going to be explosions and there's going to be long stilted speeches. If you like explosions and you like long stilted speeches, then you're in for a treat because we made a Michael Bay tribute for all you Michael Bay fans. Here it is. The mission I'm asking you to volunteer for is exceptionally dangerous. Take a look at the van beside you. It's a good bet that in the next six weeks, you or he will be dead. Everyone brave enough to accept this, step forward. Your grandmother 
can take a B-25 off on a mile-long runway. Well, I'm going to train you to do it in 467 feet. Because at 468 feet, you're dead. And once you get it up, you're going to learn to fly it like a fighter. 30 feet off the ground. You know, Jack, we may lose this battle, but we're going to win this war. You know how I know? They're rare. And at times like these, you see them stepping forward. There's nothing stronger than the heart of a volunteer, Jack. I am Optimus Prime, and this message is to my creators. Leave planet Earth alone. Because I'm coming for you. Oh, we need a palate cleanser. Let's talk, uh, let's talk James Cameron. James Cameron. When's his next movie coming out? I don't know, but it's going to be over three hours long. <laughs> it's going to take him a decade to finish it. And it's going to be the most expensive movie ever made since the last movie James Cameron made. But it's going to be awesome, and I'll be the first in line. Reliable storytellers. Now, there are also some unreliable storytellers out there, aren't there? Can we talk about uh, M. Night Shyamalan? Okay, nothing is as it seems. There's going to be a twist in the end. But very often, by the end, well, sometimes that twist is awesome. Sometimes it just doesn't make any sense at all. Stephen King. Stephen King, as popular as he is, not not a reliable storyteller. You know, the lead up, it's going to be creepy and intriguing. It will remind you of things from your own childhood. You, you swear you lived part of this story. But, but then the ending, sometimes the ending might be perfect, like the Shawshank Redemption crawling through 500 yards of foulness. I can't even imagine. But, but then again, the ending might just be weird, like a giant space spider you can kill with your inhaler. You wonder if you aren't reading the end of some other book that got printed at the end of your copy by mistake. J.J. <laughs> Abrams. Stylish, clever. Abrams knows how to draw you in with mysteries and, and unanswered questions that you want the answer to. But sometimes by the end, you're pretty sure Abrams himself didn't know the answer to those questions when he sat down and started. Often he leaves the whole confusing mess to some other director to come and clean up after him. Now, with these unreliable storytellers, you have a choice. You can either avoid them, as I do, or you can go along for the ride and take the risk and hope it turns out okay. And, you know, at the end, you don't get run over with a self-propelled lawnmower. Now, why did we spend six minutes on Easter? And let's do remember, it was only six minutes. Um, <laughs> why did we spend six minutes on Easter talking about movies and books and stories? Because this Easter, we're talking about God as the writer of the human story. God's earlier works are recorded in the Bible. Still an international bestseller after 3,000 years in print. And God is a reliable storyteller. There is always this pattern. God has a group of people that he loves in any story. 
a group of people that he loves, but those very same people don't trust God enough to follow his ways, and so they get themselves into a whole lot of trouble. But then, in a move that surprises us every time, God rescues them. He proclaims his love for them, and he makes a covenant promise to always send a rescuer in the future, which implies that God knows this is going to happen again, and he's already promised to rescue us again when we get ourselves into the next mess. Our scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, and it shows the reliable pattern of the storytelling of God. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him and grasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee. They will see me there. So we spent the last seven weeks together studying the grim darkness of the crucifixion. And it has been grim. And it has been dark. Stories of torture and lies and crying out in anguish and feeling abandoned by God and wandering on a journey lost. But suddenly... Just when we can't feel the sadness of the crucifixion anymore, God does something amazing. Jesus is raised from the dead. With the quaking of the earth and the fainting of enemy soldiers, he's back. Joy, just when we need it. And the disciples are filled with joy. The women cling to his feet, worshiping him with joy. The men will hear about it in a few minutes and go to Galilee where it all began to meet him there. Just in time, God has come. Just in time. Just when we needed a little joy, here it is. The tomb is empty. He is risen. risen Does the story of Easter fill us with joy here this morning? A lot of times, whether or not Scripture brings us joy or not, I find, has to do with how we read it than what is actually happening. Uh, One of our staff members demonstrated this for us in a staff meeting recently when he read the exact same scriptures of Jesus talking in two different tones of voice, and it completely changed the meaning. So I come to share that with you today. On the night he was betrayed, we all know that Jesus told his disciples, his father's house has many rooms, and he's going to prepare one for us. But too often... We read that part of the story as if it's being delivered by Tommy Lee Jones. All right, everyone, listen up. 
my father's house has many rooms. I go to prepare one for you. You all know that. In fact, my father has many houses, farmhouses, warehouses, outhouses, henhouses, doghouses, but not one of you web-footed lowlifes is getting in unless you go through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. As for the rest of you uh, two-footed slime balls, if you'll just uh, put on your asbestos pajamas and look right here for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's not the voice of Jesus. Why don't we let Jesus speak in his own voice? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, what I have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know the way, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you know my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Tone of voice makes a difference. Here on Easter morning, Jesus is saying, a reliable way to God has been won. I just want it. No more guessing. No more having to rely and trust on corrupt religious leaders to tell you whether or not you're pleasing God or making him angry. For God himself has come to speak to you in, in, in this voice and from this cross and from this resurrection. God himself has come to say, Rejoice! He is risen! We all know that when Jesus' disciples went up there to Galilee to meet with him, Jesus tells them, now go into the earth and share this good news, teaching people from every nation to be disciples of Jesus. But too often, we, uh, we read these scriptures about Jesus inviting us to be trained in the way of God, as if it's Darth Vader inviting us to be trained in the dark side. You have learned much, young Skywalker, but you are not a Christian yet. Now I will complete your training. Don't make me destroy you. That's not the sound of scripture. God's voice and God's invitation to follow God's way sounds like Matthew chapter 28. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth. It's been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given to you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Tone makes a difference. Here on Easter morning, Jesus is saying, in this next chapter, now the whole world is going to learn what a good God my Father is. And I know that this sounds hard to go out into a hostile world and try to share this news, but rejoice because I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to be with you even to the end of the world. But some of us just watch too many scary movies 
to believe that this is how the story of Jesus' ministry begins and the story of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the sequel begins. We see, we don't see, or we learn, uh, we don't see that the cross and the resurrection on Easter is the culmination of the entire Old Testament. Things foretold from the beginning that we missed. And when we finally do get that, we figure that God must be ticked off at us for not getting it the first time. You read the whole Old Testament. How could you not know it was me? Mouth breather. That's not the good news. That's not the good news. When Jesus opened us up to all that God had planned from the beginning of human history, it sounded more like this, Luke chapter 24. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Here on Easter, Jesus is telling us, yes, the cross, the horror of the cross, the tomb, that was all predicted, but also the resurrection and also this, that it would all be an instrument to let the whole world know that God forgives. God forgives sin. Now go forth in the power of the Spirit. So this is the reason Jesus came at Christmas, to let God speak to us in his own voice, to fulfill all the scripture and to bring this good news. And here it is. You can kill God if you want to. You can try to kill God by nailing him to a cross. And he'll still just rise up on the third day and get right back to his mission of trying to save you and I. He loves us that much. And we're meant to walk out of here today having heard that story the right way and respond to it in a way perhaps we have, in a way perhaps we have never responded before. To say, God is so good. I forgot how good he is. I should give him more of my life. I should give him more of my life. I need to get serious about this. I need to go back to church. If you want to come back to this church, I would love to have you here. If you have another church in mind that maybe is more into chick flicks, you can, <laughs> you can do that. But I will give you this offer. If you say any line from Steel Magnolias, I will quote you the next five minutes of dialogue from memory. So, <laughs> I traded my man card to you to invite you to this church. <laughs> this is the good news. And this good news should be shared everywhere. If everyone believed in a God like this and followed a God like this, it would make a difference. If everyone believed in a God this good and a God this forgiving, it would really change things. 
And that is why we can go out into the world and we can tell our friends and we can tell our neighbors and we can tell our family and our loved ones. Have you seen the good news? Ah, I don't like religious stories. Yeah, me neither, but this one's different. This is like none other you've seen before. It comes from a reliable storyteller who always brings joy just when it's needed. Well, does this storyteller have hardship in his story? Sure. All true stories have it. Does this storyteller have darkness and suffering? Yes. This story is set in the real world. And if you're in that chapter of darkness and suffering, it seems like that's the only chapter that there's ever going to be. But if you give him the pen and invite him to write the next pages of your story, he will turn the page and he will begin, because he is a reliable storyteller, he will begin a chapter of joy just in time. He is risen. Let's welcome our brother and sister, Troy and Laura Hartwick, who have agreed to come this Easter and share their story of joy just in time. Let's welcome them. Good morning. Good morning. We are Laura and Troy, and this is our story. We were asked to reflect on the just-in-time joy that God brought us through our family's adventures in international adoption and medical care of our youngest daughter, who has cerebral palsy. We are the proud parents of Rebecca Yuan Ling, Rachel Su Xiao, and Ruby Yifan, all of whom were born in China and adopted by us from there. We are, as any parent, completely in love with our precious children and exasperated by them on a weekly and sometimes hourly basis. But the particulars of our family's journey have brought us some painful, sometimes even agonizing experiences, and yes, joy. For Troy and I, largely the pain has been watching our daughters go through emotional and physical pain. Let's start with their ongoing struggle to find their place in the world. Their fundamental identity has been fraught. Strangers question our family status, ask our daughters about their real parents, or ask them if they are actually sisters. Our daughters have a ton of why questions. Why did they end up in orphanages? Why were they adopted? when thousands upon thousands, and that's just in China, still live in orphanages? Why aren't more being adopted or further aid being given? These are tough questions, and they grapple with them again and again. And then there's Ruby. If anyone's entitled to ask tough why questions, it's Ruby. She was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at one year old, and lived in an orphanage until she was over three and a half years old. The unfairness of her many medical challenges culminated in June 2016 when she had two surgeries 
to reshape her hip sockets. And that entailed cutting through, through her femur and pelvis on both sides of her body. And as her parents, we sat helpless as she struggled with unimaginable pain and months of intense and painful physical therapy. Today, she's still not fully recovered, but she has begun to walk again. As parents, when your 10-year-old is writhing in pain and the next dose of morphine is still an hour away, or when your 12-year-old tells you that she feels she's in a hole that she can't see out of, certainly can't climb out of. In those times, it's easy to question God, to be angry with God, or even to ask if there is a loving God. So where is the joy? Well, actually, it's all over the place. We can truly say that God has been gracious to us. Ruby has tutored us in joy for years. She was a fountain of joy who giggled delightedly at the things we had forgotten to appreciate. She spent years at an orphanage without going outside and found the sensation of a breeze on her face just amazingly funny. She took delight in eating truly amazing quantities, until she was full, and in the novelty of owning her own clothing. Fast forward further to a family trip to China in 2014, and we were dumbfounded that we were able to find Rebecca's foster family and to meet the woman who first found Rachel and brought her into the orphanage, as well as the orphanage director who named her Xiao, which means smile. In 2017, Rachel's desire to know and be with orphans led her to join Rebecca and Laura on a global orphan trip to Haiti, which gave great pain and joy. As for Ruby, we just learned earlier this year that she has been approved for a service dog with whom she will get matched this fall. But above and beyond all of these gracious circumstances, which were fabulous gifts of joy from God, we've learned a huge amount about the meaning and experience of joy. We've learned that true joy actually comes from walking through the pain, not from easy walks in the park. We've learned that sometimes God is most clearly seen and felt in the dark times and places. In the painful moments, God can seem far away, but God is right there. He's present for us through the suffering. The words of the daily prayer take on incredible new meaning. Christ as a shield overshadow me. The words of the psalmist seeking and finding refuge in God suddenly have a newfound richness. It's in God's arms that we make it through. And it's from the other side, it's from the other side of suffering that joy has true depth. It's in the 
It's in the blessing of an unexpected connection with a foster family. The very first step after the painful hip reconstruction. And the laughter and delight in the smallest thing. God is good. He does not fail. We get stuck in our own limited view. Relying on our own limited strength. But that's not all there is. God is greater. His plan is larger. And he brings us through the suffering to taste joy. And the joy he has provided is rich and filling and is all the sweeter for the pain that preceded it. We are the Hartwick family. And this is our story. Make sure we don't ever lose all of this. Uh, Jesus said, as often as you meet together, I want you to share in this table. We call it the Lord's table. So if our servers will, will come forward. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken. Now he could have said by you, but he said for you. And this cup is my blood poured out. He could have said because of you. But instead he said, for the forgiveness of sin. And as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you remember my death until I eat and drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Joy, just in time. And so we invite you to come forward and tear off a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. And when you take it into yourself, you receive God's tone of voice reminding you of this good news. There is forgiveness of sin. He's right back up and on mission again. Let us stand together and let us pray the prayer that Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now with the hallelujahs back in, let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The gifts of God for the people of God. Each day, may Christ be as real to you. And may you hear his voice speaking his word to you in this food and this drink. This morning, as you come forward, Pastor Dan and I will be, will be here to anoint folks with oil. Oil is the symbol uh, of the power of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus spoke about in all those resurrection messages. A power of the Spirit would be upon you to go and be part of this mission in the world. So you have some choices. You can, you can stay where you are if you're still not sure about all of this. That's completely fine. This is a congregation for those who are seeking God. We don't always expect people to find him the very first day. But do think about what you've heard here today and ask, what if it's all true? What difference would that make for me? And how are things going for me without it right now? 
You can come forward and go straight to the bread and the cup, or you can come forward and come over and be anointed with oil. This year, as a celebration of resurrection and new life, maybe you're a new parent. You're going to need Holy Spirit power. So you're a new parent. We want to celebrate new life. We'll anoint your forehead with oil. Maybe you're a survivor. Survivor of what? I don't know, but you do because you survived it. We'll anoint you with the power of the Spirit. And then you can go to communion. Whatever you want to do. Lots of right ways to do this this morning. Amen? Come forward when you're ready. All right, for our benediction now, it is Easter season. It will be Easter season for the next seven weeks. And so this shall be our benediction from the Gospel of Luke. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's stop right there and turn and face the cross one more time. In the season of Lent, it was black and covered in thorns. Now it is empty. It is empty because he is risen. risen So here we go. Three times through, we will say, Alleluia. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All three of those lines, three times through. After just a moment, after just a moment of silence to reflect on where God has brought you this year and the joy just in time. And we said together, Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Again, Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And for the cheap seats, hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Go forth in the power of the Spirit.